three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. So, by the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be uh, on the 12th of August or, you know, afterwards. But um, I wanted to record this tonight. Uh, I've got a review here from Mrs. Doubtfire, which is the, uh, of course, uh, 90s classic film starring Robert, uh, Robin Williams and Sally Field. So, I wanted to go ahead and review it this because... Um, this day, April 11th, or uh, August 11th, good grief, it's the unfortunate six-year anniversary of Rob Williams' death. So, of course, Rob Williams, I believe, was 63 uh, when he passed. And in this film, I was having this debate, not even a debate, but I was talking to a couple friends, uh, a couple other film critic friends, and we were just talking about some of our favorite Robin Williams uh, memories. And yeah, he was 63. Um, he is one of my favorite actors. Point blank period. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Mork and Mindy, but I've gone back and watched it since. And um, <laughs> that show was really, really, really funny. Um, when I think about the, the great Robin Williams roles, we were really debating, you know, which one of his films is uh, our favorite. I personally, I might lean The Birdcage because I love The Birdcage. I don't think The Birdcage gets enough love, but one of the movies I love, Rob Williams, I love Hook. I know people kind of shit on Hook, but I think Hook is fucking awesome. Um, I stand by the fact that DC missed a huge opportunity to not cast Rob Williams as a Hugo Strange because he, after one hour photo, which came out in 2002, uh, you want to talk about prime Robin Williams. That's not a role that a lot of people probably think of off the top of their head, but they honestly should. He plays so creepy. He plays creepy so well in that. It's really intense. And he, he just, you think about all the roles that he's done. I think Jack is a very um, underrated film. Uh, as well, I really like um, World's Greatest Dad. Uh, that Bobcat, uh, that Bobcat, uh, uh, yeah, that uh, comedian whose name I'm completely uh, blanking on, um, directed and wrote him in. But Mrs. Doubtfire for me might be my favorite role of his. Um, of course, Goodwill Hunting and Dead Poet Society. Um, but Ron Williams was just this treasure, and I. And I think about him, I think about the fact he's in my top five favorite stand-ups of all time. And you just think about the amount of improv and the amount of just content and references he was able to just cram into a film. Uh, that's really the reason to watch Aladdin. <laughs> it's just how many references. I remember, you know, being a kid and getting the Rodney Dangerfield reference where he goes, you know, look at me, I'm losing to a rug. Like, you know, that, that whole bit. But... You watch Mrs. Doubtfire, and I think it's a perfect blend of what made Robin Williams great. He was able to go ahead and be so incredibly charming uh, and witty, 
but then could go ahead and flip that switch and do a 180 and go into drama uh, seamlessly. And I think this film in particular shows the best of both worlds in that sense. Um, the film, of course, stars him as uh, Daniel Hillard uh, and Sandy Field playing Miranda. And they talked about how they've been married for 14 years um, at this point. And they're... Um, they're not separated when the movie starts off, but they are definitely having issues. And the thing that I love about this movie is that this movie in anyone else's hands, um, again, I mentioned that uh, Chris Columbus uh, was the director of this film. Uh, you know him, of course, you know, he's a producer on uh, uh, on Help. He's a producer on Rent. I love Rent. Um, you know him as far as directors from uh, uh, for Rent. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, both Home Alone, uh, Home Alone original, and then Home Alone 2, um, Adventures in Babysitting, which is one of my favorite 80s movies. I freaking love uh, Adventures in Babysitting. He also directed Pixels, which I think is a piece of shit, and I love you, Beth Cooper, which I am not a fan of either. But you want to talk about Chris Columbus at his peak. This might be the best movie he's directed, uh, to be honest. It... But when the movie starts off, they're clearly having problems. And <laughs> and what I love about this movie, I was just saying, in the hands of a lesser director, this movie could have been, this is so close, like, this is considered a comedy, but it's really one of the first dramedies I think you could really point to. Because the movie starts off, it's not happy. They're having this conversation because Daniel... Um, one of their kids, he's throwing a birthday party for him, but um, they were told uh, uh, Matthew Lawrence, who played uh, Chris, uh, plays Chris Hillard, uh, Miranda flat out tells him, "Don't give him a birthday party. He's like failing his classes, and we don't want to, you know, positively, posi positively reinforce." And what I find so interesting about Sally Field's character about Miranda is that she's not wrong in a lot of aspects and how she's feeling, which is why I think this is more of a dramedy than anything, because Daniel, you know, he's kind of filling that role, you know, because when you, you have a couple, whether it's a, you know, um, no matter who it is, you always kind of have that person who tends to be a little more carefree and be a little more fun. And then you have the person who's a little more structured and Miranda is just very structured and Daniel's too carefree. And they just can't seem to find that perfect combination to have it work in the middle. So it's it's really tragic in that sense because it's not them hating each other or like not caring about each other. Um, Miranda even says <clears throat> that you know talks about how you know how he could he could always make her laugh, but then there was this point where the jokes just weren't funny anymore, and that in particular. Is really heartbreaking to hear because it does make you think about, you know, I mean, I'm sure growing up, we've all had someone who's unfortunately gotten, their parents have gotten divorced, or us ourselves even, and in the film in particular, handles divorce really well. And outside of William's humor, I think that's the thing that impressed me the most about this film, is how well it handles the kids' grief, because the kids are pretty broken from this. Um, and honestly, they should be. Uh, Lydia, who's played by Lisa uh, uh, Jacob, Matthew Lawrence, who I said played Chris, and uh, Mara Wilson, uh, who played Natalie, who, you, of course, we know as um, as fucking Matilda. I, I, I love Matilda so much, <laughs> but 
Um, <clears throat> pardon me. But it really handles their grief well and it makes it feel um, not just poignant in the way that, yeah, they're kids, but they are seeing their kids, but they're getting, they're becoming aware of shit. Like they are on the staircase hearing their parents fight, you know, as they have the, the fight, the fight that leads to them getting divorced. It's fascinating because, you know, I've talking to friends of mine who have kids and everything, just realizing how kids start to pick up on those little things that you may not want a kid to pick up on. I love the way they handle that here. And it makes you more endeared to the kids because, I mean, they don't have a dog in this fight. They just want their parents to get along, period. And when Daniel leaves, it's really sad. It's like, damn, okay. Um, you know, he packs all his stuff up and gives the kids, you know, one more hug. And it really does tug at your heartstrings considering, you know, it, they seem to kind of be happy. But what is so funny about this is that this felt like this film in particular had a very rough outline. I didn't know this, but this is apparently actually based off a book, uh, uh, off of a novel written by uh, Anne Fine, which I was not aware of. But I gotta be, I, I gotta be honest. Even with an out, uh, even with a uh, with a uh, book to draw from, it really does feel like an outline because it feels like they gave this film a lot of room to breathe for Rob Williams to go ahead and do his improv. And there are just these points. Um, there's a line, um, oh, um, where uh, in, in, where when he transforms in Mrs. Doubtfire, they ask the pots and pans, and he's hitting his uh, his breast, and he goes, "Oh my God, you know, first day as a woman, and our first month or whatever as a woman, I'm having hot flashes." And I remember going, you know, five year old me not understanding that, but going, "Okay, now being older, going, okay, that felt like a like a very improv line, and that is the biggest strength of the about this film because once you peel back a little bit of um of the layer uh of the layering of this film not only should, this is pretty much the original marriage story because this is a really dark movie at points the fact that um when miranda there's a point early on in the film she comes to pick up the kids and she had honked her horn like 10 seconds earlier so the kids are with Daniel in, in this little studio he has, and they're eating, you know, takeout Chinese. And he has this moment where he snaps because the kids hear the horn, and they go to get up. And she go, he goes, sit down, finish eating. You're still my goddamn kids, too. And I remember going, oh, wow, that's, that's really, oh, that's really uncomfortable. And the kids sit down, you know, nervously. And then, and then Miranda comes up to get them and goes, oh, are my kids ready? And... That is one thing I will say about this movie is that you rarely root for a divorce, but this was one of those cases I was like, yeah, I don't think they should be together because Miranda's clearly over his shit and him being so goofy all the time. There's a point where she's talking to him um, when he has become Mrs. Doubtfire and she says, I always thought Daniel could do anything but be serious. And it's one of those lines where you go, oh, that's... That's unfortunately dark, but, you know, it does make sense as, uh, as the film progresses. Um, it also has that, uh, it also has, and it's very random, but stick with me here, everybody. It has that forgetting Sarah Marshall moment 
which I appreciate because let's be clear, I think Miranda is a complete bitch in a couple ways she handles a couple things. But if you remember where uh, when Sarah Marshall was talking to, uh, I, I can't think of Jason Siegel's character's name, but when she's talking to him and he talks about, she talks about how, you know, I couldn't drown with you anymore. And I remember taking that step back and going, oh, fuck, that's a really, that's a fair point. That's a fair reason for her to be as pissed off as she is. There's that point where Miranda kind of breaks it down and talks about how, you know, he was always between jobs. And the movie even starts off with him, you know, trying to kind of improv more. And the director saying, like, you know, what the hell are you doing? You're, you're like, the studio doesn't want that. And it seems like Daniel's creativity at points can, act, can actually be a hindrance for him when he just has to follow instructions. Because, as I can tell you, um, as not, not putting myself even close to the same stratosphere as Rob Williams, just to clarify, but being that artistic, having that artistic in mind, wanting to improv, wanting to not be in a box, but have room to kind of move around your own space. Um, unfortunately, that's not what he's getting hired to do, and it comes across with the fact he's had to jump uh, between so many different jobs. So, almost through necessity, once he loses uh, custody of the kids on a temporary basis, uh, once Marina takes him to court, uh, he gets uh, 90 days, I believe, from the judge to go ahead and get, you know, get a place, get a job that he's actually keeping and all that. And so he finds out because Miranda tells him that she, that she's looking to go ahead and hire a nanny, pay 300 bucks a week. Um, I don't remember what houses were costing in San Francisco back in the 90s. I know they weren't costing what they cost now because of good Lord. But uh, he's able to afford a spot in San Francisco by himself. Kudos. And so he goes ahead and creates Mrs. Doubtfire with, uh, with uh, oh, the help of, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack, I want to say, is the other one, um, who are played brilliantly by, uh, by Harvey uh, Firestein and then um, Scott, uh, Scott Capurro, respectively. And if there's a complaint I have about the movie, damn, I wanted more of them. Uh, they were, <laughs> they were delightful. They, um, they both reminded me of Oliver Platt in uh, Three to Tango, which if you have not seen that movie, it's on HBO Max. It's really cute. You should watch it. But they're great in this. And I really actually wanted more of them in Williams, um, and Williams chemistry because they work so well together. And it made me, it actually bummed me out. I didn't get, uh, more of that, um, as a as a uh, musical nerd, I love the fact that they uh, had that improvised moment where they sing the chorus of Matchmaker from Fiddler. That made me <laughs> that made me really happy. I was like, oh, that's a very random but a very nice touch. But they go ahead and turn her into Mrs. Doubtfire, and that is about at the forty minute mark ish, and that's where the movie really takes off, and that's where. The balance between the comedy and the drama really does start to balance because the first half hour, yes, there are these funny parts, but it's more of a drama to set up kind of the somewhat lighter back half. And it's a very interesting decision because you look at something like Click, where it's almost the inverse, and you get the, you know, quote, laughs, unquote, early on, and then you get the hard drama near the end. That, uh, this flips it on its ear, and it's actually a better film uh, for it. Now, 
I have to talk about one of my few gripes I have. One of the gripes I have with this film. Sally Field and Robin Robin Williams, because they are such great, just incredible actors, they kind of get away with it because they are so charming and because they just know how to elevate what's already a great script and just make it sing. Um, They... They're so mean to each other early on. It's really hard near the back half when they kind of reconcile. And, and, and you can clearly tell they're still hurt there. But what Miranda does with the kids, especially as far as her custody, obviously, you know, uh, Daniel dressing up as a woman probably wasn't the way to go <laughs> as far as getting, you know, to see his kids more. But the fact he cuts him down once a week, which I know is apparently standard, which is horrifying to think about that. It, she comes across very mean-spirited here. And again, considering the insane uh, birthday party that that Daniel threw uh, for Chris at the beginning of the movie with the petting zoo and all that, it it's warranted her anger. But I think the thing that kind of caught me off guard is that it seems like she's jealous of him in that moment because she talks about the fact that, you know, I always have to be, you know, kind of the warden, uh, the warden and, you know, bring down the law. But, you know, I want to do something modest and get, you know, a cake and a couple gifts. And you have to go ahead and rent a whole goddamn petting zoo. And it comes across very like, why can't you like you're putting you're raising the ceiling, you're raising the floor here. Why don't we come back down here? And it's like, well, it's your kid. Like, I mean, if there's one day your kid's supposed to feel sh- feel special in theory it should be their birthday so that was something on her end i was like yeah i think you're being kind of a bitch about this and i appreciate the fact that they don't have the kids picking favorites yes the kids definitely want um daniel to be around they love their dad that's very clear but at the same time they understand i think to an extent um outside of the youngest uh outside of the, of uh, natalie I think they all kind of understand where their mom's coming from. So I actually was kind of pleasantly surprised to see how they handled that. Because in a lesser film, they would have just turned them against each other. Uh, or uh, turned uh, the kids to really only like one parent. So I'm happy they were actually able to uh, avoid that. Um, also, the neighbor being a tattletale on that was a real, like, neighbor, shut up. But, <laughs> but I... There are a couple quotes as I kind of go back through the plot here that I just love. Um, Daniel says to the judge when they're having their initial uh, um, uh, day in court, you know, he says, you know, I have to be with my children. You know, I know it seems like a lot, but I haven't been away from from them for more than a day uh, since they were born. And that was something that I just found so incredibly sweet and endearing. And you go, oh, okay. Um, There is one scene here where the... uh, not the, not I guess you just call it the, uh, not the the court officer. Basically, it's someone who from the court who needs to go ahead and check his place to make sure he's you know give gonna have a stable place for the kids. And I can't I, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Sel- uh, Mrs. Selner. That was it. Um, there is this great, very uh, old sitcom, almost Three Stooges esque. Um, moment or scene in the film where 
she is meeting up with Daniel or has a scheduled meeting with Daniel, but Mrs. Doubtfire has just gotten off of work. And so he's throwing his voice back and forth and switching between Mrs. Doubtfire and him. And that was something that I just laughed so hard at because again, any other actor or most other actors, the scene would have come across so uh, as such old hat and not entertaining. And Robin Williams just found found a way to make it work. And you just kind of have to marvel at the just amount of skill he's able to bring to this role. Um, I love love the scene where uh, I think the kids are watching Dick Van Dyke after work after school, and. Mrs. Doubtfire goes ahead and disciplines them and has them doing, you know, manual labor, like polishing and vacuuming and all that. And what I appreciate about that scene is that it's it's right around the hour mark, but it shows that Daniel's starting to get it. Um, they talk about how uh, him and Miranda were married for 14 years. And to be honest, I, I kind of wish we could have gotten, even just if it was just a montage to start the movie of them together and having some good times together because I think that actually would have been more effective when the hammer gets brought down as far as them getting the divorce. That actually would have been, I think that would have worked better uh, for the film. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking here, I fully acknowledge. Um, but I love, I, I, I love that aspect of it as far as how they fall because it, is, it does feel very real. But the thing I don't like about this movie is that they talk about three months that uh, Daniel has three months to go ahead and get, you know, his place up to code and for kids and all that. So it couldn't have been more than maybe six weeks. And I'm probably longballing it there that um, that um, Pierce Brosman enters uh, the picture as a stew um as a uh, oh my God, as a Stu uh, Dunmire and Pierce Brosnan, can I just say, bravo to Pierce Brosnan. He is aged like a fine wine, um, even though he's in that terrible Mamma Mia sequel. Um, he's still my favorite Bond. I don't care what anyone says, but Pierce Brosnan is great in this, and he's just enough of a sleaze ball. But you could see why someone would date him. I mean, obviously, I mean he's he's gorgeous, but. He's a very charming guy, and him and Miranda have some chemistry, which I appreciate they put that in there, but that actually leads to my biggest complaint. It feels like she just kind of starts dating from out of nowhere, and that she's giving this divorce, her upcoming divorce, no respect at all. Uh, I, I, I think they are trying to go ahead and lessen the blow by saying, well, you know, they were friends from... Uh, you know, a, a, a long time ago and everything, and that's why it's kind of okay, but it does come across just, it, it comes across really shitty on her part, and that was something that did actually bother me. It was like, uh, okay, I don't, I don't love that, um, at all. Um, so I, I, I really, really wish the film would have, I don't know, I don't even want to say treat it as a hookup, because that actually sounds worse, but, I don't know. I, I almost wish they would have found an alternative route to go there. Even if she even if she comes out and says, like, kids, I'm lonely. Like, I just 
I need someone there for me right now. Like, even if he were to give the kids some sort of speech like that, I would have gone, well, okay, at least you're addressing it. But she just kind of slides into it, and it just kind of doesn't work for me. Um, the other thing, and this is, I'm, I'm going to choose my words, um, the whole joke, and, and I'll review this movie at some point, uh, probably not for a little while, or a while, but at some point I will, everyone is aware, if you're not, you should be, of how very transphobic the last 20 or so minutes of Ace Ventura, uh, Pet Detective are. This movie skirts that, for the most part, which I appreciate, but there's just one line of dialogue that I, I, I wasn't crazy about. So, there's a scene where Chris sees uh, Mrs. Doubtfire uh, peeing, and she's peeing standing up, and so why Mrs. Doubtfire didn't lock a door when she's in the bathroom, that's a whole other thing, but... Uh, he runs out of the bathroom or like closes the door and runs out like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And he goes over to Lydia and goes like, we have to call the cops. We have to call the cops. Um, first off, it's just a very, like, I get being freaked out, but it's a very extreme reaction to go, we're going to, we need to call the cops. I was like, okay, he's not a criminal. She hasn't poisoned your food or anything. Like, I think you're, I think you're good. Um, but his reaction is just very extreme. And again, I get being freaked out, but it just, it, it, it just, it did just bother me how that was done. And again, I haven't watched this in, God, I haven't watched this in at least a decade. So it was just one of those things that, I, you know, not even thinking about it, I was like, oh, okay. And then there's this little exchange that I'm not particularly fond of. So Chris goes, you don't really like wearing that stuff, do you, Dad? And then, you know, Daniel goes, Mrs. Doubtfire goes, well, some of it's comfortable. And he goes, no, no, uh, it's a pain in the padded ass. Um, this is not a way, this is not a way of life. It's a job. Now, I fully acknowledge I might be reaching here. But the fact that he says it's not a way of life, I believe that. I believe that it was intended to be. It's not a part of my life, but if you wanted to, if you wanted to make the argument that that's a transphobic line, I could totally see where you're coming from on that. That that was that that was that was the thing. I was kind of like, uh, I don't, I don't love that. But outside of that, though, the movie really dodges. Um, I think a lot of the potentially bad jokes that really could have. Um, could have sank this uh, very easily, and yet they uh, and yet they're able to, which I I give them so much credit for being able to you know foresee that. Um, just a couple other things I wanted to bring up. Robin uh, Robin Williams has this um, this scene where this is how he ends up being uh, ends up getting his show uh, later on in the film, uh, his children's show. He sneaks back into the little studio where he works, where he does like the shipments and stuff for them. Uh, he goes onto the one of the sets and he's playing with these dinosaurs and he's like doing a whole what's a dinosaur show and he's like singing and all that. And it's really 
endearing that's really sweet and that to me that screams a hundred percent improv because i don't think you could write dialogue this good for robin williams to be completely honest um at least not for this film i really think they just went go out and have fun uh with these scenes and robin just crushed it um one of the other things i do love about this is that anytime uh miranda's asking mrs doubtfire for advice or uh the one scene where uh she is trying to get her helper pick her out uh pick out a dress uh for her birthday dinner with stew uh mrs doubtfire keeps suggesting like uh she suggests the dress that she wore to her aunt's funeral back in 1976 and mrs doubtfire goes uh well a classic never dies to you and i was like wow that's fucking incredible um <laughs> that in particular really makes me laugh and of course the whole dinner scene uh where mrs doubtfire is having to switch back and forth between Dan being daniel and mrs doubtfire uh that that whole scene is just fucking gold there's so much about this movie that I respect. I mean, I've just rattled off some of it there. But the fact of the matter is, this really should have been a fucking failure. Like, this movie should not be as good as it is. And I don't think if you have... I know I've been seeing Robert Williams, uh, Robin Williams' praises, but really, gotta give so much props to Sally Field here, who I don't think gets enough credit uh, in general for how good of an actress she is. Um... I she did this movie maybe five years ago for me called Hello My Name Is Doris and I love that show I, I love that movie so much uh yeah 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 exactly yeah, five years ago go me um but I I just love I love her I think she's such an incredible actress and their chemistry is incredible all the way throughout here there's never one point where the chemistry didn't feel real or it didn't feel like they were a divorced couple um. In closing, I would give this an A, just because, like I said, I had a few issues with it, but it's it's one of my favorite '90s films, and it's one of my um, it's one of my favorite Robin Williams performances ever. Um, I I'm gonna get the that the, the advertising stuff out of the way real quick here um, before I kind of wrap up. Um, follow me on Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple, that's R-E-E-L, pineapple. Um, you can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst, on, and you can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple, and go ahead and find us, like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts, uh, tune, uh, uh, tune in, um, Spotify, Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher Radio at The Real Pineapple. Um, in closing, I want to say this. Robin Williams really is one of the greatest comedic, time, uh, comedic minds of our generation. And it sucks that he's gone. And I honestly miss him dearly. Uh, I'm a huge... Uh, I, I've talked about this if you haven't listened to the podcast before. Um, I, love, uh, I love Tim on Craig Ferguson whenever he's on a guest on there. Him and Craig just had this this chemistry that was incredible. Um, yeah, I, I I fell in love with him all over again just watching him on uh, uh, on uh, Craig Ferguson. But um, I know that this is a lot right now, everybody. I know this whole COVID and lockdown. It's just it's been a lot. 
wear your masks, please, for the love of God, so this crap can be over. Um, I know this is a lot for everyone. Um, I myself, um, I myself have just been struggling, to be honest with you guys. Um, not doing the podcast, but I mean, sometimes doing the podcast, sometimes I'm just tired. But, uh, I, I wanted to really end this podcast, this review with the, with some of the last, uh, words of the, of the film, which I think are very apropos. Um, yeah, um, I can't believe it's been six years since we lost Robin. It's just insane to me. But to everyone who's struggling out there, which I would believe would be um, all of us, honestly. But I just want to li- leave you guys with these words. Um, all my love to you. You're going to be all right. And uh, bye-bye. Have a good night, guys.